Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. It's Thursday, May 12th, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, everything you need to know about the just-released first-ever image of the black hole at the center of our galaxy. Plus, is there sight after death? No, but kind of? And in the most predictable news of the day, Dolly Parton is starring in a Doja Cat-inspired Taco Bell TikTok musical about Mexican pizza. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. Remember earlier this month when I told you to keep an eye out for big space news on May 12th from the Event Horizon Telescope team? Well, this morning they made their big announcement, and it is indeed pretty cool. The Event Horizon Telescope, or EHT, has captured the first ever image of Sagittarius A-star, or Sag A-star, the supermassive black hole at the center of the Milky Way. Now, as a reminder, the EHT team is the same international team that took the first ever image of a black hole in general, specifically a black hole in the Messier 87 or M87 galaxy in the constellation Virgo back in 2019. This new image of our galaxy's own black hole honestly just looks like a blurry, glowing donut, but like a lot of images from space, it becomes pretty mind-blowing once you know the whole context. So, for one, while it has long been suspected, that the invisible, ginormous something at the center of our galaxy and around which stars orbit is a black hole, we didn't have direct visual evidence until this image. Quoting the National Science Foundation, who co-hosted the U.S.-based press conference this morning, Although we cannot see the black hole itself, because it is completely dark, glowing gas around it reveals a telltale signature, a dark central region, called a shadow, surrounded by a bright ring-like structure. The new view captures light bent by the powerful gravity of the black hole, which is four million times more massive than our sun." End quote. And as Ars Technica further explains, quote, "...the only way to see a black hole is to image the shadow created by the light as it bends in response to the object's powerful gravitational field." As Ars's John Timmer reported back in 2019, the EHT isn't a telescope in the traditional sense. Instead, it's a collection of telescopes scattered around the globe. The EHT is created by interferometry, which uses light in the microwave regime of the electromagnetic spectrum captured at different locations. These recorded images are combined and processed to build an image with a resolution similar to that of a telescope the size of the most distant locations. Interferometry has been used at facilities like ALMA, the Atacama Large Millimeter Submillimeter Array, where telescopes can be spread across 16 kilometers of desert. Now, in theory, there's no upper limit on the size of the array, but to determine which photons originated simultaneously at the source, you need very precise location and timing information on each of these sites, and you still have to gather sufficient photons to see anything at all. So, atomic clocks were installed at many of the locations, and exact GPS measurements were built up over time. For the EHT, the large collecting area of ALMA, combined with choosing a wavelength in which the supermassive black holes are very bright, ensured sufficient photons. The result is a telescope that can do the equivalent of reading the year stamped on a coin in Los Angeles from New York City. 
assuming that the coin was glowing at radio wavelengths, end quote. And the image that was presented at press conferences around the world today is one that is technically a combined average of those different images taken across multiple days. The EHT team of over 300 researchers from 80 institutions spent five years developing a suite of complex tools and utilizing millions of CPU hours on supercomputers to analyze the data and compile a library of simulated black holes to compare with their observations. Sag A-Star proved to be a bit trickier than the black hole in M87 that they captured a few years ago, quoting the MIT Tech Review. Despite being much closer to us, Sagittarius A-Star was significantly more difficult to capture than M87 star. This is because the gas surrounding Sagittarius A-Star completes an orbit in just minutes compared with days to weeks for the gas orbiting the much larger M87 star, causing the brightness and pattern of the gas to change rapidly. The team compared capturing it to trying to take a clear picture of a puppy quickly chasing its tail. To make the black hole visible, they developed sophisticated new tools to account for the gas movement. If Sagittarius A-star were the size of a donut, M87 star would be the size of the Alliance Arena, the Munich football stadium just a few kilometers from where we are today. Sarah Soon, NASA Einstein Fellow at the Harvard and Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, told a press conference at the European Southern Observatory in Germany. This similarity reveals to us a key aspect of black holes, no matter their size or the environment they live in. Once you arrive at the edge of a black hole, gravity takes over. End quote. And another cool finding is, as EHT project scientist Jeffrey Bauer put it, quote, how well the size of the ring agreed with predictions from Einstein's theory of general relativity, end quote. The New York Times explains this a bit, quote, black holes were an unwelcome consequence of Albert Einstein's general theory of relativity, which attributed gravity to the warping of space and time by matter and energy, much as how a mattress sags under a sleeper. Einstein's insight led to a new conception of the cosmos, in which space-time could quiver, bend, rip, expand, swirl, and even disappear forever into the maw of a black hole, an entity with gravity so strong that not even light could escape it. Einstein disapproved of this idea, but the universe is now known to be speckled with black holes. Many are the remains of dead stars that collapsed inwards on themselves and just kept going. End quote. And some historical background on Sag A-Star from Ars Technica, quote, In 1933, physicist Carl Jansky noticed a radio signal coming from somewhere in the constellation Sagittarius, near the center of our Milky Way galaxy, which he dubbed Sagittarius A. Later research revealed that the source actually had several overlapping components, one of which, identified in 1974, was particularly bright and compact. It was named Sagittarius A-Star. It's so named because, per co-discoverer Robert Brown, the radio source was exciting, and in physics, the excited states of atoms are denoted with an asterisk. Physicists have been convinced since the 1980s that the central component of Sagittarius A-Star, and the source of all those radio emissions, was likely a super massive black hole, similar to those thought to be at the center of most spiral and elliptical galaxies, end quote. And now we know, or, well, scientists are always hesitant to say that we really know something, but we've got, as the National Science Foundation phrased it, overwhelming evidence that Sag A-star is indeed a black hole. 
Next on the docket, we'll be comparing the two black holes, which is pretty exciting in itself to now have two black hole images to compare and contrast or to provide more overwhelming evidence for previously hypothesized traits about black holes. And the team also wants to make a movie of the black hole to show how it changes over time and how the gas swirling around it behaves, helping estimate the spin. Scientists will use these images and further EHT observations to keep digging towards some bigger questions too, like about gravitational effects around the black holes and general relativity and the eerie point of no return in black holes from which the telescope gets its name, the event horizon. Well, from the wonders of the universe to the wonders of the human body, scientists from Scripps Research and the University of Utah have discovered that some human eye activity can be revived after death. Quoting Science Daily, Billions of neurons in the central nervous system transmit sensory information as electrical signals. In the eye, specialized neurons known as photoreceptors sense light. Publishing in Nature, collaborators describe how they used the retina as a model of the central nervous system to investigate how neurons die and new methods to revive them. We were able to wake up photoreceptor cells in the human macula, which is the part of the retina responsible for our central vision and our ability to see fine detail and color, explains Moran Eye Center scientist Fatima Abbas, lead author of the published study. In eyes obtained up to five hours after an organ donor's death, these cells responded to bright light, colored light, and even very dim flashes of light. And continuing from Science Daily, while initial experiments revived the photoreceptors, the cells appeared to have lost their ability to communicate with other cells in the retina. The team identified oxygen deprivation as the critical factor leading to this loss of communication. End quote. So the team worked to procure organ donor eyes from under 20 minutes after the time of death and also designed a new transportation unit that restored oxygenation along with other nutrients to those organ donor eyes. And they also created a device that could stimulate the retina and measure the electrical activity in its cells. And all of this together enabled them to restore the B wave, an electrical signal in living eyes that enables retinal cells to communicate with one another. So it wasn't a full restoration of the B waves and it didn't mean that those eyes could see in the way that we would consider sight. So, you know, this isn't so much a cause for alarm about zombies or experiencing some kind of locked-in syndrome after death, as it is potentially good news for being able to study and experiment on the human retina in ways that were impossible when working with living humans, and as well as good news for transplants. Quoting from Science Alert, after death, it's possible to save some organs in the human body for transplantation, but after circulation ceases, the central nervous system as a whole stops responding far too quickly for any form of long-term recovery. Yet not all types of neurons fail at the same rate. Different regions and different types of cell have different survival mechanisms, making the whole brain death issue a lot more complicated. Learning how select tissues in the nervous system cope with a loss of oxygen could teach us a thing or two about recovering lost brain functions. If photoreceptors can be revived to a certain extent, then it offers hope for future transplantations that could help restore vision in those with eye disease. That day, however, is still a long ways off. Transplanted cells and patches of a donor retina would need to somehow be seamlessly integrated into existing retinal circuits, which is a daunting challenge scientists are already trying to tackle. 
end quote. And while the authors themselves and some of the write-ups about this research mention how this does prod a little about the irreversible nature of brain death, I think the main takeaway right now is that the central nervous system, at least, may not die in such a quick and irreversible way as previously thought, and that there is way more we will be able to study about the eyes specifically in the future, hopefully leading to many breakthroughs in the understanding and treatment of various eye-related diseases. This is going to sound like a sentence made by some kind of random word generator, but Dolly Parton is officially starring in a TikTok musical produced by Taco Bell based on a Doja Cat song about the restaurant's faded Mexican pizza. We should probably start at the beginning here. So Taco Bell's Mexican pizza is a sort of tostada abomination that's filled with ground beef or beans and topped with cheese, sauce, and tomatoes. It was first introduced in 1985 as the Pizzazz Pizza, and it's always been a little bit of a fan favorite, especially among vegetarians. But when Taco Bell announced at the end of 2020 that they'd be removing it from menus, alongside a whole bunch of other dishes as part of a pandemic-fueled menu culling, there was a shockwave of outrage. Petitions were signed, at-home recipes were circulated, peons were sung by Grammy Award-winning artists, but I'm getting ahead of myself. This TikTok musical seems to be a larger promotion for the return of Mexican pizza to Taco Bell menus on May 19th. That's right, it's coming back, baby. Oh, and yes, TikTok musical. So, I've covered TikTok musicals in the past on this show. The first one to really break through, I mean, maybe the first one to really be created, depending on your definition, was Ratatouzical, the Ratatouille musical. Originally started by TikToks created by Emily Jacobson and Daniel Mertzlift based on the Disney Pixar film, thousands of others on TikToks organically started adding additional songs, scenes, choreography, scenic design, playbill design, costuming, and more, creating this weird web of a kind of cohesive musical production. Eventually, a star-studded charity benefit concert was arranged by Seaview Productions, with Titus Burgess, Adam Lambert, Wayne Brady, and more performing as the characters. The Ratatouzical inspired a number of other TikTok crowdsourced musicals, including the unofficial Bridgerton musical, created by Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear, which actually won a Grammy for Best Musical Theater Album. So, Taco Bell knows exactly what they're doing by wading into the world of TikTok musicals. But, the company did not come up with Mexican Pizza the Musical on their own. So first, back in March, Doja Cat posted an original song to TikTok about how much she loves Mexican pizza. Here's a listen. Mexican pizza is the pizza for you and me. 
It became a pretty popular sound for people to use on TikTok, and as frequently occurs when that happens, also became a reference that TikTok users understood without even needing to hear the sound. And enter 23-year-old TikTok comedian Victor Kunda, an absolutely hilarious creator having a real and wholly deserved moment on and off the platform right now. And after Doja Cat dropped her Mexican pizza beat, Kunda posted a quick sketch imagining what it would be like if you walked in on the rehearsal for Mexican pizza the musical by Doja Cat. Now, no such musical existed at the time. He was just making it up as a joke. And in the sketch, he shows a choreographer running through some of the moves set to particular lyrics while instructing various dancers on how they're doing it wrong. It's a pretty visual comedy sketch, so I will drop the link in the show notes if you want to watch it. But not only did Doja Cat see Kunda's video and love it, so did, apparently, Taco Bell, who has now hired Kunda to help them produce the actual Mexican Pizza the Musical. The official musical was announced on Monday, with Dolly Parton quickly posting a photo of the script on Instagram announcing her involvement. Now, NBC News and others is reporting that she is starring in a leading role, but I wasn't able to find confirmation from Parton or Taco Bell that uh, explicitly defined her involvement. So she could just be a producer or have a cameo or something like that. But either way, we are getting a TikTok musical about Taco Bell's Mexican pizza based on a Doja Cat song, possibly starring Dolly Parton, and Mexican pizza will be back by this time next week. Maybe we are truly re-entering the good timeline. In other badass older women doing cool things news, Jane Goodall is currently starring in a new sustainable underwear campaign in Australia. I love how The Guardian explained the ad, quote, As the camera pans over a close-up shot of a male model's boxer briefs, the world's foremost expert on chimpanzees says, It's a big job making our world a better place, but getting started? Well, that's as easy as changing your underwear. End quote. Now, while the video and planned billboards feature underwear-clad models in the background, Goodall herself is pictured in her trademark turtleneck, but this one was made by the same company running the ad, Booty. That's B-O-O-D-Y. Booty's clothing is made from organically grown bamboo and adheres to a number of sustainability standards, so Goodall was a good fit for the brand's values, and Booty says that she was at the top of their list for a brand collaboration, but they never thought she'd actually say yes. Yes, and what a blessing unto the entire world it was that she did. Unexpected, a little weird, and wholly wonderful. My favorite combination. But that is it from me for today. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.